the I Am A podcast with Loretta and Bianca. Stories, advice and discussions to resource, encourage and support independent music artists. Hi guys, so here at IMA we are usually communicating with and trying to assist the independent artists who are already on their journey. But today we thought if a if an artist was starting out, if somebody was just about to, you know, commence um, a, an independent music artist career, what would we tell them? What how would we want to help them? So today we're sharing a bunch of tips for the artist who's just starting their music career. Um, we cover things like performing and how um, to do that well and why you do that, um, building a fan base, income streams, which we don't tend to think about at the beginning of our careers. Funding, setting goals, consistency, admin, dreaded admin, and much more. So even if you've been on your journey, there may be some things that you're kind of avoiding that maybe you need a reminder to do, or there may be some new bits here, or just a a reminder of the things that um, we should all be doing that could be helpful for us moving forward. So sit back, guys, enjoy. So the thing we wanted to cover first is the, the tip, the key that we think is the most important thing. And it can seem obvious, but music is key. The music you create is key. It's the most important um, part of the process. It's the thing that people are coming to you to listen to. There's things that's going to make fans out of passerbys and we can kind of get distracted by all the other things we have to do as independent artists you know the PR and the visuals and how am I you know approaching my social media and all these different things but making the best music you can make and continually evolving and growing in that area should be our main focus totally I mean it's that cliche isn't it of you know you you can have a nice a cover for a book but if the story is boring it, it doesn't matter you can exactly. have um, a nice wrapper but if the content doesn't taste very nice then you know at the end of the day the content is everything and I, I don't think the way that the music industry's gone in today's day and age has helped because I think there's so much on image on looks that some in some case it can appear that the music is secondary and I think that's made artists think well I have to look like this I have to appear to be coming across this way but that's that stuff does go a long way but without great music you're certainly not going to be staying around you're certainly not going to have a long career and that's why you always have to come back down to why am I doing this and what am I trying to say in this song and is it a good song right and and we want people to enjoy what we do. And it, it can be confusing when you kind of come across an artist and everything looks amazing. and But then the music kind of doesn't match everything else. Yeah. And even if it does, even if, you know, you have to start somewhere, but is, is, is that artist even growing musically? And is the music kind of evolving and getting better? And, you know, and all those sorts of things, like that takes work and that takes focus. Um, and so we wanted to just kind of give some tips that we've sort of were thinking about as to kind of how to focus on your music and and how to make sure that you're kind of growing in the right direction there. 
Yeah, and I think it's this is, sounds really stupid, but I think one of the things that is just really, really important is to um, actually do it. It sounds right. so stupid, but to to actually make sure that you're writing it, and particularly sometimes it's, it usually starts that way with an artist writing yeah. songs. But once they've done one project, then it's all about everything else, and they can forget to just keep on writing, keep a notebook next to your bed or on the bus, um, keep a recording device, your phone, keep yeah. all those voice notes. Constantly make sure that you are actually doing it, that yeah. you're being an artist, and find out the things that inspire you and do. The more because sometimes when you get in the machine of it which mm. is a part of it you know we, we talk about this at IMO with the promotion or all of those things you need to do particularly if you're independent it's um, sometimes you can forget what inspires you right so try and remember what does and if that's getting outside if it's reading a good book if it's living life a bit yeah. so that you've actually got something to write about but remembering what inspires you and make sure you're actually doing it yeah I, I absolutely agree because I find that when I personally get bogged down with everything else it starts to become a chore like the actual journey of being an independent artist starts to become a chore and I I start to question you know what is this what am I doing because I don't like all the other stuff but then I remember, oh, yeah, you haven't actually picked up your guitar in a few weeks, Bianca. You haven't actually, you know, done a gig or created any music. Maybe do that. Yeah. Maybe just remember what this is all about. And even creating consistently, like, it, like music begets music. You know, you, yes. you create and, it, and it, it inspires you and then you create more. And um, I came across an artist who was challenging himself to write a song a day. And, you know, in the beginning, yeah, in the beginning, like I didn't have to challenge myself to do that. I was always creating. But as you say, you there's so many things to think about that sometimes you do need to challenge yourself. And I think he was writing a song a day and sharing just unfinished demos online. And people have different views on sharing your stuff like before it's finished or whatever, whatever, you know, floats your boat. But just I think that was a challenge to him like to write a song a day to make share. you actually do it yeah. yeah and actually that's like really organic engagement also with your audience mm. you know without and there may be, be um yeah. you know um out of a whole year there may be uh 200 songs right. that you don't use but there may be a hundred gems in there you know? and a hundred songs that's a lot like how many albums is that how many eps is that yeah. you know how many singles could you get out of that like Sometimes we're like, okay, I, you know, I need to create another project. But if you're always writing, you've always got music and when opportunities come to work with someone new or, you know, you need to put a project out, you've got you've got a bank of music there to, you know. I think as well, there's, um, you know, there's the, people have different views on whether there's formulas for songwriting. And for some people, it really works to study the structure of a song. Yeah. Or if you're not aware of it, and this is the great thing, I think, with all writing, I think this about books as well. Like, um, I had a, a lecturer at university who used to talk about radio, but also about storytelling in terms of writing books. And he would say, um, in order for the there to be good grammar or good storytelling, it needs to be like a picture 
picture where um, the grammar and the structure is actually the glass. When you look at a picture, mm. you, you don't notice the glass, you notice the picture, but the glass is there. Yeah. And what he meant by that is, it, you know, you could do it by taking a song that you know you love, and you've never thought about why you love this, you love the song, but really listen to it and go, what is it about this song that yeah. I love? Is it the order? Is it the way it progresses? Is it the journey it takes my emotions on? Is it the light and shade? And mm. actually, I, I, it could ruin your favourite song for you, so yeah. sorry if it does that, but at the same time, time by dissecting actually what it is mm. you'll notice there's some very intentional things in place which serve the song but in itself you're not aware of them because you're just enjoying the song and I think that's quite a good that's so tip good. to do that yeah that's so good I, yeah just like literally like why does why do I feel emotional at that point yeah. why do I feel hopeful at that point what is it about that bridge that like gets me every time and as you say, it could ruin it, but I don't think it should. You'll always love it. Um, but actually, there's so many things you can learn from other people's music that you can adopt. And if you're in that create, if you force yourself to be in that creative mode, more often than not, um, like that study can be really just fun and also mm. helpful. I wondered if you could talk a bit about this, B, because I know it's something that you didn't find easy at first and, and most artists don't, is the idea of writing with someone else. Yeah. It can be utterly terrifying. Yeah. What do I say? How do I start it? What right. if they think my ideas are rubbish? Mm. But actually, when you're so used to writing by yourself, it can really bring new ideas you'd never have come up on your own. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm still on that journey of being able to create in a room with other people um i'm one of those people that i prefer to be by myself with my instrument um my idol scenario is to create a song and give it to somebody and um they do what they do over it i'm growing into a place where i actually am becoming more um production minded and i want to um i want the song to feel like like what like it's come from me and I and and I have more ideas but I don't I haven't naturally thought in the way in the production side like my mind doesn't naturally work that way but I think that grows but anyway um yeah I think it's so important to work with other people because there's some songs you will never create by yourself because someone else in the room that says something the conversation you had before you started writing a certain chord that somebody else um, plays like you may have never done that in another moment by yourself and it's a real great learning experience I've learned to not put pressure on myself to have to come up with something in a session do you go with a prepared idea just in case or do you um, just wait to see what happens in the room I always have lyrics I always have melodies I always have things like I, there's always things that I can draw on that I've got in my kind of bank because I, I try to you know have my voice memos like there and and be if I'm listening to music kind of listening to what's inside of me if I'm driving and then kind of record something not when I'm driving (laughs) 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 um so I do come with stuff but I like I'm I'm I've been working with somebody recently and we're working we're working on a track that I've brought but then we, I think we really respect each other. So after we were working on that, we're like, oh, let's try something new. So they started, you know, literally they're amazing, coming up with chords and l- built a track really quickly. And I, and I, inside, I was like, oh, I really would like to do this at home. Um, and I think I was coming up with little things and I was kind of doing it really quietly. And they were awesome because what they did is they just carried on building the track and doing what they were doing and humming and blah, blah, blah. 
and I came up with a couple of ideas and then they just gave me the track and I went home and then I literally hit them I sent back my verse chorus whatever whatever because I could do it at home right but yeah so I'm still learning but that process is really important because some songs will never happen yeah. without yeah. Without working with others. It is a daunting thing to do, but I think it's a really rewarding thing to do. And if also if you think that you're not a very strong songwriter, right. it's a great way to learn and it's a great way um to get a song by mm. collaborating with someone but still having your stamp and your ideas because you might have the concept but they might be good at melodies or um, maybe you're great yeah. at melodies but they they you know could do the other part. So collaboration is a great way to grow if you're if you're getting a bit stuck as well. Yeah, and just on that like you, I think it's a good way to learn what your strengths are because yeah. you might be able to, yeah, as you said, you might have a great idea and you might be able to communicate the colour and the feel and the sound which might stimulate the other people in the room to create something on a track. And and so your input is important whether mm. you feel like you're a songwriter or not or whether you feel like you're a musician or not. Like You can grow in those areas but you can contribute to the to the creation of new music. And yeah, On that... Um, Obviously, you play guitar, but you haven't always done. Yeah. Um, do you think it's essential that you can play an instrument um, to songwrite, or is it at least an advantage or helpful? It's not essential, um, but I think it's an advantage. It depends what type of artist you want to be, and um, and what your what you see your trajectory being. Um, I definitely think it's an advantage. To it helps you to be independent. It helps you to not have to be in a in a room with other people. Um, to create um, and it helps you to you know you could sit, I've written songs with no music like the whole song has just come to me or I've built it just a cappella. Um, but having some chords there helps to communicate how to build the track um, so I, I do think it's an advantage it's, it's never essential I mm. don't think there's, I mean there's too many examples of artists who don't play instruments Yeah. Um, and they're awesome so yeah that's good. That's good. So there's room for everybody, whatever yeah. stage you are. Um, one of the things that we would definitely advise is for you to just test out your songs in front of an audience. And yeah. Because sometimes you can get songs that sound great in your head, great in the studio, and they some for some reason don't translate yeah. live. And it doesn't mean, actually, it doesn't necessarily mean it's not a good song because it may mean it's a song for to keep on an album. Yeah. Similarly, uh, songs that you just think, oh, that one's all right. And then for some reason, right. audiences just connect with it yeah, whenever you that. perform live. Yeah. And that's really important to know, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I mean... You, you want people the, the idea is people are going to listen to this and hopefully they're going to enjoy it so actually being able to test that um, is important but also when you bring a song live you it may help you then to know actually how to tweak the song there might yeah, be some things that you know well, yep. yeah I need to go back and write rewrite that bridge or actually um, I need to do that again I need that part of the song I maybe need to repeat that bit again because that was a good moment and maybe it, it, it bears repeating later on in the song so I think yeah being brave enough to maybe even test your songs early on um, in your creative process like saying this song isn't finished necessarily let me test it and continue working on it great yep 
That's great. I mean, we're going to be picking up the theme of songwriting is going to come up time and time again at IMA. Yeah. And whenever we uh, speak to great artists, we promise to ask the question for you because I find it fascinating how different people are inspired and how they set about um, songwriting because there is no one right way no. to do it. And there's different ways, but it, hopefully it's come across loud and clear that the song is everything. Yeah. Uh, your music, your content is everything. That's got to be your start and finishing place, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely music is key like never ever lose focus like that is the thing that we should be um, putting our energies into most of the time so shall we move on to performance then yeah. um, I mean we, we touched on that just then when we just talked mm. about testing uh, your songs out but it, it really is it's incredible how um, I've met over the years um, artists who have managed to never perform live or really? at least for a very long time wow. so you know they, they could have a full album be on a second or third album and, and very rarely perform live mm. and um I don't know. I think I always feel like you you can't be fully developed without that. I was just about to say. I feel like if you hold back from engaging with your audience face to face, I feel like your growth is stunted as an yeah. artist. Yeah. Um, there probably are exceptions, you know, to that rule. But I, 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 from observation, like nothing grows you. Not many things grow you as fast as getting in front of various audiences yeah. um, consistently. Yeah. I, I mean, there's so many things to learn. I think it's you can uh, perform in your room or in a studio mm. in front of a mirror even. And you get on stage, you yeah. just add that you slightly can't hear that people are talking over you, um, that the drums are really loud and yeah. are really close to you. And suddenly it can completely throw you. So you, you, you know your song in your favorable environment and you know you can mm. kill it and it sounds amazing. But the, the challenge is to know how you can perform your song in a live setting and to adapt that to different live settings. Right. Yeah. And that's where you strengthen yourself as a performer when you can make sure that you don't give it away on your face when you can't hear yourself at all yeah. uh, when you can make sure that you don't lose your voice because you can't hear yourself at all all these things can only be learnt live and they're all part of being an artist and being a performer and you just have to get out there to do it even in terms of confidence and and nerves you know it's it's very easy to do that in a studio setting but until you're performing live you don't know how your voice might change your vocal cords change yeah. from nerves yeah and even how to kind of command a crowd and just to control those moments <clears throat> I remember when I f when I first started music and I would just go to open mics all the time um like I didn't really realize that you know that quiet moment when everybody you know when you do open mics people are sometimes people are listening and they're not because often not everyone's there to listen to music but when you get that audience or you have that moment where you're singing and then everybody is listening um, I, I used to drop the ball. I used to be like, oh my gosh, everyone, everyone's listening. They're like tuned in. Like, <laughs> Even though that's they're what they're there for. <laughs> right, no, but you, you could tell like, oh my gosh, like you've kind of commanded that moment. Yeah. I did not know what to do with that and I would like just mess up. I'd literally just fall apart and I had to learn how to control that moment, how to um, really go into the song and be like, people are engaged right now. Like they, you know, this is great how do I command this moment mm. um conversely um when people are talking as you say or like people are just like not necessarily listening or you're playing in you know a bar and half that crowd are not there to listen to music like what do you do 
how do you communicate your music? What song do you play next? Yes. You know, yeah. that that may actually pull in more people, may actually pull people's attention away from their drinking, their friends, and actually that group of people are now mm. listening to you. Like you can't you can't do that at home. That's a really good point actually there in um adapting your set list to the venue to the audience and you may have to sometimes do that live because you may at home write your set list and you get then you're like this is going to be a noisy one I need Mm. to do different songs or you get then you realize it's a really attentive crowd and perhaps you you know you could bring out those quieter moments or those more contemplative songs because you've you've got the audience there that's something that's really important even in that I used to um I used to you know look at my set and go okay the 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 key and the chords of this song are similar to that song and better not put those two together people are going to switch off they could be two great songs yeah but if you put them back to back it's like okay people's attention spans are going you don't realize that actually they sound they have there's no change there's not much change in that yeah. but if you put that song at the beginning and that song later in between some really different songs you've like built your set really well that's a really good tip actually yeah um, well, when I didn't know when I didn't know very many chords, um, <laughs> I had to learn that one <laughs> really fast. One of the things I was going to say on, on performance, and I, I really don't think she or mind me saying this at all. I think she would say it herself. But um, another artist that I work with, Vanessa Ferrero, who is incredibly She's talented. Amazing. I mean, music runs through her veins. She started playing piano from age five as a very shy child and really communicated through her music. And her her day job is actually as a, a composer, as a film and TV composer. So she's incredibly musically talented she'd also been a um, she plays piano but she'd also been a keyboard player in various bands well a, a few just a couple of years ago she decided that she was going to become an artist and mm. she had been on quite a journey musically and, and personally and she'd written these beautiful, beautiful songs. She learned guitar ridiculously quick. It was annoying She and was amazing at it. Um, and because she was so talented and so musical and working, operating at such a high level composer-wise, I think she um, expected it to be a fairly seamless transition. But the truth was she'd never in her entire life sung in front of a single person ever so for her she was this accomplished artist Mm. and yet she realized she was a complete beginner when it came to performance Um, and a lot of it um, to start with was doing open mic nights and controlling her voice because of nerves Mm. um, just learning things like how to introduce the songs and how to speak to the crowd and it was such an interesting journey it just really um, punctuates this point of no matter how musical you are how good your songs are learning to perform and to perform well is a different craft than an essential one and you can only do it through practice and repetition and getting out there and being in front of different audiences and I think it's also important to be okay with failing in front of people on on the stage because you you don't want to do that you don't want to be in a room and to be messing up but I know for myself like I picked up a guitar like and then a month later I was forced to um, perform in front of people. I didn't expect to. I thought someone else was going to play for me. My uncle. <laughs> I love this story. Yeah, my <laughs> uncle was supposed to play for me. He said, let's go to an open mic. This is a great song. And when I got there, we signed up and he was like, you're going to play for yourself. I'm not playing for you. And 
And I just didn't realise that was what was going to happen and he's not a person to argue with. I was like, yes, of course, of course. And then I got up and it was all, like, I could not play the guitar. I had to, like, pause between each chord. But I sang through it and everyone was listening to the song. It was, like, really crazy. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is, everyone's listening and I'm really bad. And he saved me halfway through the song. He started playing his guitar from the back of the room and everyone's, like, clapping. And Sounds like a movie scene. Yeah, it was <laughs> awesome. But uh, that, from then, like, I went to open mics every single week and then I was doing four or five a week like every day after work and I was okay making mistakes I was okay just learning on the job and um, I couldn't play the guitar and I could hardly sing I had terrible nerves like the air would suck back into my throat because like my heart was beating so fast and I just couldn't control my vocal cords and my just I couldn't control myself um can I, I just say what, what's incredible now just thinking back to your tour last year oh, yeah. and uh, we just had such a great time on a tour in some really beautiful intimate settings and watching you perform um and your your songs sort of demand to be listened to but you on so many occasions just had the room in the palm of your hand with with the power of your voice and your songs and the light and shade and just it, it's so hard to imagine you with you, you know sucking in the air and not yeah, being and so 10 minutes between each chord change yeah, and so how you're growing and just you know to encourage you if you're listening if you're at the stage yeah. like Bianca was and open mics are a great oh gosh, um, yeah. arena to showcase your music and to grow because they don't mind if you make mistakes is it actually you know sometimes we can feel embarrassed how people are going to react but people are willing you to win on yeah, the whole on yeah. the whole and they're going to Fun well. night. Open mics are like a fun night, you know. Yeah. You get you get everyone going there, you know. Yeah. Someone playing the spoons, everything. It's like a good place to that. And also it probably moves us on to a next point in terms of performance is networking. Yes. You know, um yeah. I, for personally I graduate you know, you you do the open mics and you do it and you grow and then someone like someone's like, Oh, do you wanna do do you wanna be the main performer at, a, at the open mic? You get half an hour, everyone else gets one song and you know, you do that and you you start to make um, a network in your area as you grow and as you grow opportunities are likely to come your way um, they're not going to come your way if you're singing at home all the time like really crafting your songs until they're perfect you know yeah. and just being like no it's not done yet you know <laughs> I need to need to have my photography I need to have my social media like cool like I, just, I personally don't really understand people just growing their online presence and doing things at home and just never getting in front of like real people mm. like face to face I don't understand only doing that Just a quick reminder that we have a growing library of really useful videos on our YouTube page, including interviews with artists and music industry insiders sharing their experience and expertise. Search IMA on YouTube or visit our website www.iama.co.uk.
and, one side and of the sim- coin. that's mainly how you build your audience, isn't it? You know, the, the networking with other musicians and yeah. with organisations, but at the yeah. same time, you're also meeting fans. Right. And often in these settings, it's diehard music fans, and you, you could do a gig sometimes to 10 people, but if two of those become lifelong fans, you know, the, I'm sure you're familiar with the notion of 100 true fans. They say that mm. any artist can be successful if they have 100 true fans. And by doing these small venues, that's how you're growing your yeah. following, how you can build your audience and get your music out there. And ultimately, eventually leaving, leading to a really um, invaluable and realistic revenue mm. source. Uh, touring is is an essential part of being an artist in terms of re- your reach and growing your reach and how far and wide your music goes, but also it's a way of making money. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you can't you can't skip that. And and you say networking, you know, moves on to our next tip, which is like building your fan base. Um, and doing that face to face is like an essential part of that. Um, but also like a lot of artists don't think about building their mailing list at the beginning of their careers. Mm. They, you know, it's something that comes down the line and there are sort of if you gig or you do all those things like you might have done like you know 100 gigs before you go okay yes I need to like go to this gig with like my mailing list so people can sign up and you've kind of missed quite a few people but it's an important one to do really important uh, it, knowing your fans and having that that um 100 fans goal mm. is is so essential and people like we said that they want you to win they want to come on your journey yeah. and um you need to invite them and engage them on that and doing that live involving them social media we're in a day and age when building your fan base and reaching and knowing your fan is easier than mm. ever thanks to social media but making sure that they feel a part of it I know some artists feel like they want this sort of air of mystery yeah. um, where you know you get my music but you don't know much about mm. me but actually the fans who truly buy into you want to know mm. what you're up to what the stories are behind your mm. songs and also what you're doing in your everyday life so social media is great at that and you of course can decide what to give away and not what not to whatever yeah. you feel comfortable with but the whole idea of remembering that everything you post is saying something about you as an artist and even if that is your shopping you know just think about you know um have a point to it yeah. you know don't just needlessly do this because it's all building a picture yeah. it's all helping your fans to know who you are mm. and to build that fan base and for them to have a connection and to understand running competitions is a great way of yeah. doing that leading up to a release or leading up to a tour um one very popular thing at the moment is running challenges mm. so getting people online to do their version of of your song and uh, that not only promotes your song but it also makes your fans feel included so they will love it when you mention their name or repost what they've created for you as well so there's so many just get really creative just think about if you are a fan like, you know we're, we're hopefully most of us as artists and creatives have our fans of music what do you want to know what would engage you what would you love to hear and know about and and do that for your fans there's someone out there who does actually care yeah they are and they, they do want to go on the journey with you as you say and and also learning how to um communicate on all the different platforms that you choose to be on um they do kind of take a different a different focus you know twitter is different from facebook and instagram and snapchat and all the all the ones you decide to um communicate through just kind of learning 
how to communicate effectively and that just take a bit of research on Google and you know putting like a bit of a business head on and going okay you know not me the artist but actually how what is the best way to approach this and then put yourself back in as um as an artist and as a creative and as an individual and how do you want to apply those um rules and tips and approaches um for you personally but um and being consistent with that but one thing i did want to say was that um we don't know where social media is going it's not going it's not going anywhere it's here to stay but it's growing so fast and evolving and evolving and we don't know how it's evolving that actually building your own mailing list um is important like having your own um way of communicating with your fans like um outside of social media you know communicating with them directly via email or however else you want to communicate with them with is important so Take if if you want to do proper lo-fi, take a piece of paper at gigs or wherever you go, yeah. and name, email address, you know, and get their permission. Or there's apps now, Mailchimp have a thing where you can go and you can just they, people can put their details directly on your phone or your iPad, and 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 so just being consistent with growing your own network um, and your own um, community around you is it's going to be really important and you might think oh I just got one person today but you know times that by 300 times you go and do a gig and times that by a few years and you are growing growing as an artist and you're growing your community absolutely it's a really important thing to think about and leads on really nicely to our next point I'm going to get you to speak about this because you are pretty much website queen Is, is the website dead do we still need them I just think the only what I think is that it it might not be as important as it used to be and I think it's different for different artists it depends how you approach your website and how you know how you kind of direct your traffic and if you you could make it a home where people want to come to but actually people are mostly on social media but if you go if you type someone's name into google it's nice that there is a biancarose.co.uk and even if it's just an anchor point um, for people to know that you know there's somewhere outside of social media where they can find you I think it's important I think so and you know it doesn't have to be complicated there mm. gone are the days when you'd have to spend £2,000 and find a designer right. it'd be weeks and weeks they'd come back to you and then you wouldn't like what they've done right. I mean, you've got some great things Squarespace I'm such a huge so fan of it looks great really easy to do yeah. even I can build so <laughs> customisable and yeah you can be as elaborate as you want to be but and also I think it's also important for as you go forward for press and you know other members of the music industry if they want to go somewhere and find out you know get your press pack or all in one place yeah, yeah your photos see you know, see you can list all your past gigs so they've seen what you've done this last year you know can go and listen to your music they can just have a, a semi-professional one-stop place to find out about you um I think I think it's important just to have something, even if it's simple. Absolutely. Well, let's move on to our next point then: uh, income streams. Now, yes. um, you know, we, it was, it's kind of the artist thing to say, "Hey, I'm just doing music because I love it," you know, and just putting it out that way. But ultimately, of course, we would all love to make money from yeah. this to and for our art to be valued, mm-hmm. um, but also to make a career out of it. And we firmly believe that you can. I mean, we might not all be Beyonce and, and Jay-Z, but at the same time, you can uh, make a, a good income from your music. But you sometimes have to think outside of the box. Mm. Like, it's not all just going to come from selling your album. 
that's just unrealistic. And particularly as independents, you need to start thinking creatively about income streams coming from all sorts of different things. Now, um, one obvious one is merchandise. And again, I feel like some artists feel like you can only have merchandise when you're going to do a 20-date tour of the US or something like that. But actually, people really do buy merch, don't they? It it doesn't have to be expensive, and it can really bring in an income. Just tell us a bit about your experience with that, because, I mean, you're Miss Creative anyway. You have such great creative ideas. Thanks. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I did do what you said, like, in terms of I didn't have merchandise until I was going to go on a tour when I think I should have thought around that before but um, yeah I just I think merch is one of those things that you have to kind of look at yourself um, as an individual and not and not necessarily try to make the typical merch that everyone makes you know um, and if it doesn't really um, fit in with your personal image or your music and so I think um, I just looked at you know, I'm a singer songwriter. I like to play. I play guitar, and um, so I was. I and my message of my last album was no fear here. So I was thinking about all of those things, and so and so I collaborated with an artist um, in Sweden, and they have amazing artwork, and they created um, some um, like some art A5 art with the no fear here text there that I sold online and. Um, I put some lyrics on a tote bag and I made some badges. I thought, you know, no fear here. That's a nice, that is something that is quite powerful. And actually, that would be nice on a badge. And that's the thing, that that one, one sold really well. And to people who I sold to, they said, I have so much feedback from that when I'm on a train like people go oh what's that badge all about or what's that all it's about it's happened to me so many times wearing really? your badge yep so many times and it's just a great um, conversation starter and say yeah. oh it's an, an artist called Bianca Rose oh what's the name I'll write that down yeah. and it's just interesting it's intriguing to, to do that yeah. and I love the idea that you collaborated with another creative as well because sometimes we might not have the skills but somebody else has or and I really loved what you said about making sure that it's reflective of who you are because it's another extension of your image and um, your fans will like your music for a reason uh, and will be buying into that so they will uh, quite likely think in the same way as you so they're going to quite likely also go oh yeah it makes sense you've got that merch and that's my taste as well because my taste is you as an artist and you as your music that's so good that's such a good point and um yeah, and, cl- and also maybe collaborating can make it a bit cheaper because actually they sold that piece of art on in their business and I sold it too. So the costs were kind of split because we were both benefiting. So um, it's something to think about. Yeah, um, you know, if T-shirts uh, work for you and it makes sense or what do, what do other people generally do? It's often like um, clothing and stuff like that, like cool. But um, I actually used a website um, called Awesome Merchandise and they have a I think they're directed at musicians and who want to create merch for their tours or whatever and um, to support their music so um, check them out because um, actually there's a lot of ideas you can get from their website and you can see what other people have done but yeah think outside of the box um, and it's actually quite a fun creative um, project as well alongside making music.
Absolutely. And again, that's just another way for you, like um, Bianca said, to be creative. But let's face it, most independent artists, at least in the beginning, um, usually have to have a day job. Absolutely. And uh, this is something I'm quite passionate about talking about with artists because it is the frustration of artists, the balance of energy. Mm. Sometimes your day job can really exhaust you and then you feel like you have little energy um, to put into your actual dream, the thing that, that gives you life. Um, and even with my own endeavours, um, I have gone through phases where I've been really frustrated with my day job. And then I remember one day getting a slight revelation of instead of resenting my day jobs, mm. having a revelation that it's what was funding my dream, what was enabling me to do my dream. Because most of us don't have rich parents and we certainly as independents don't have a label behind yeah. us. So we have to pay for our video. We have to pay for our recording. We have to pay for our merchandise, for our image, all of these things. And we have to eat. Yeah. <laughs> I know an artist um, who is just recording there I'm sure it's an album yeah she just recorded an album last week and she just said that she didn't necessarily have a plan to record at the, this point but actually she'd been saving she teaches and she'd been saving you know all the money that she she had spare and and so when she decided to do it she had the money there right um so you know she would not have been able to just record when the opportunity seemed you know opportunity like right for her um but she'd been saving so she could. That's great. And I just think you have to be realistic as an yeah. independent artist. And to me, there's two ways of doing it when it comes to work, you know, as in grown-up jobs. Yeah. <laughs> you can either get a really um, um, low-maintenance job that mm. doesn't take much of your time. You know, you just turn up, you do your nine-to-five or you do your hours. It doesn't take any brain power yeah. and it just pays you your bills and that's it. The rest of your energy and your time is to put on your music and mm. it's literally just to fund it. But the other way is to find a job that might not be being an independent artist, but actually is still using your skills. So yeah. that way you've got opportunity to network. You've got an opportunity mm. to keep using your skills and honing them. So maybe that's teaching. Maybe it's working as a session. Yeah, backing uh, musician, vocals. Or session, backing yeah, vocals. Yeah. Um, it, it, there's many different creative mm. jobs, even if it's working in, in promotion. Or, yeah. or at a radio station or mm. something that's to do with the music industry because you can also learn some things about a different part of the music industry. And you feel like you're not doing something... Some people, they need to feel like they're not doing something else outside of their industry because yes. it feels like a theft to them. But if you're at least able to be in the music industry and the music business um, but finds another way to earn money to support your own personal career that's helpful I mean for me like this I'm a this isn't um, this is like my side hustle to my music base for me it's just as important at this stage but it's something that I'm hoping to build into something that um, personally um, is um, a business that you know provides me an income but I'm so passionate about this journey so like to be able to spend my time creating my own music but also helping artists at the same time you know my hope is that it is a, an income stream for me at some point yeah yeah absolutely and I think you know that that other difficult decision on this subject is is whether um to leave a job and when to leave mm. a job and nobody can tell you this I mean I, I would just say um that the thing to do might perhaps be to do it gradually and it depends on your um circumstances on yeah. who you know if you've got children if you've got people uh, depending on you um but maybe um cutting down to part-time if you're really not 
able to create any music because of the time then maybe you could work part-time and and do the compromise that way and once you've got some money coming starting to come in from your artistry you could take that step to leave when um you feel that you can do um yeah so good yeah just just being realistic about it some people have like been ready just to i'm just leaving and i'm going to put all my eggs into this basket and they make it work um i have found often that actually the gradual move over is is gentler and mm. and less um some people have come to resent the music because it's been so hard because they've just jumped into it and it's like oh gosh this has not worked out yeah um it works for some but i don't know if it works for a lot of people but i think the gradual move mm. um is probably good but in general in terms of the income stream topic like at the beginning of your career it's great to just assess the different options you know I can earn money from live at some point. I can earn money from my recorded music at some point. There is merchandise. Like actually looking at the income streams around your music and then the wider income streams that can support like a long career. Mm. And we've spoken to independent artists who are qualified pharmacists. Yes. And we've speaking to, spoken to some who work in a cinema part-time yeah. or work in a call centre. Mm. Um, it's amazing the... Some, what some artists can achieve right. while working and working really hard yeah. and sometimes their motivation is so that they can fund their dreams yeah. so you're not alone um, use some wisdom when you decide to scale back at some point there will need to be that leap and that risk <coughs> but at the same time um, it's a scary thing to do so to do it with a dose of wisdom as well but but dream big yes For more great content from IMA, find us on social media at We Are IMA. Check out our Spotify playlist for new music from independent artists. Search We Love Independent Music. And don't forget to sign up to our mailing list where you'll receive a free 10-day guide especially designed to inspire and equip independent music artists with some really useful, practical and inspirational resources. Sign up at www.imma.com. Ima.co.uk